Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good afternoon, good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 36 of the DNVR Raptors podcast. Um, obviously, before we want to get into some of the news and the interview with Casey Rock, I just wanted to uh, make sure I, I took a moment to speak about the tragic death of George Floyd that took place last Monday, um, kind of what's been going on around our country. Uh, and honestly, this is pretty tough for me to talk about because I'm not black and I'll never know. Uh, I never know and I'll never understand what black people experience on a day-to-day -day basis, um, but, it's, but it's pretty unreal. It's crazy that, that racism still exists in our society in the year 2020. Um, I think, I just think that it's crazy that this is still happening. It just seems like something we should be so far past. Um, and and I really, you know, I've been doing a lot of thinking, been doing a lot of reading, I've been reading a lot of the stuff that's been coming across my timeline, watching a lot of these videos, listening. Um, I've just really been doing my best to gain a better understanding of what I can do to help stop this problem. Um, and I think part of that is talking about it on this show. I have, I have a very small platform in the grand scheme of things, but I think it would be amiss if I didn't say something about it right now. Um, and like I mentioned, I don't know what it's like to be black. I, I'll never know what it's like, and I, it's something I will, you know, I'll never experience the things that they experience. But one thing I have noticed during this, this situation over these last eight, nine, ten days is that um, I am encouraged by the way that people are stepping up to help others during this time. Uh, I'm not that old. I'm only 26, so I really... Uh, you know, I, there's still a lot that I haven't learned and a lot I haven't seen, but I can easily say in my lifetime I really haven't seen anything that's been this big, you know, like a movement that, that, that's been this big. That's, there's protests in every, all 50 states. It's globally there. It's, all, it's literally all over the world, and um, I think that is encouraging because I, I really do feel like something's going to change after this, and it's a necessary change. It's a change that's long overdue, um, and, and I'm excited about a brighter future. It just it just sucks a lot that so many human beings had to lose their life to get to this point. But um, this is unfortunately the point we're at, and uh, I think the best thing that we can do is, is just make the best out of uh, what's to come, and, and hopefully that is uh, people treating each other the way that they should be treated, and finally putting a stop to to racism. So 
um, that's that's kind of what my small piece on that. Like I said, um, I, I don't think it's it's in my place to speak too much about it because, like I said, I am white. I don't understand um, what it's like to be black, and um, the best thing I can do is sit back and listen and really try to hear the words that uh, hear the message, hear these words, read these thoughts um, that uh, people are, are spreading during this time. So. Um, that's that's kind of my little piece on that. Um, like I said, yeah, I hope I hope we can. Um, I hope the future gets better. I hope we can turn this this into a positive and and build upon it because it's long overdue. So with that, uh, we'll jump into the breakdown. Break down some of the rugby news that's been circulating this week. Um, so right off the bat, unfortunately, move into a little more bad news. Um, but last Friday night. Uh, your scrum half connection broke the news on Twitter that um, the Glendale Merlins women's team will no longer be supported by the city. Uh, the rugby breakdown is another women's publication followed it up with uh, an article this last week, a couple days ago, um, talked to director of rugby, Mark Bullock and, and Linda Cassidy um, about some of the changes. So I would encourage you if you're interested in, in learning a little bit more about that to go check out that rugby breakdown piece, um, and then you can make your decisions based off of that. So um, more bad news, unfortunately. The next little bit, of, little bit of news is that Rugby Town Sevens is canceled, Infinity Park announced on Wednesday. So that's supposed to take place the third weekend of August. Uh, it's my favorite tournament of the year. I'm sad that it can't take place, but I understand why. It's just going to be tough based off the USA Rugby return to play rules. It's kind of how I talked about last week is that um, realistically, that's not going to, we're not going to be able to play competitive rugby matches for quite a while uh, until things are back to normal, and it varies based on your state. So um, the, the logistics of it all sounds pretty tough, but just based on um, can teams get here safely? Do they feel comfortable coming? Do they feel comfortable staying in a hotel? Do they feel comfortable being around all these guys 24 7? Um, do fans feel comfortable coming to watch? Is there a way to facilitate a safe fan environment to adhere with these to these um, you know these guidelines set forth by both USA Rugby and the state of Colorado? So it uh, just seems like it's just too much, too many variables, uh, too much, think too many things that can happen, just uh, too many hoops to jump through at the moment. So the decision was made to cancel it, and while it's unfortunate, I think it's the right one. It will be back. Um, and, and it'll be I mean, it'll be that much more fun when we finally can go back to Rugby Town Seven and watch some rugby. Uh, so the next, uh, I think I haven't seen anything on Denver Sevens yet, but I would imagine that that's probably canceled as well because they got to adhere to the same guidelines. And same with Aspen Rugger Fest, which takes place in the end of September. Um, I think they're supposed to make a decision on that in the next week or two. And I will keep you updated on, on what that decision is. Uh, I like that tournament as well. But I have a feeling that that will also most likely be canceled because that's just the way that things are going. So um, USA Rugby announced on Wednesday that the 2020 Club Sevens National Championships are also canceled. So it's just everything is canceling. And it's like I said, too many logistics. You have to make sure you're following the rules set forth by these um, not only your local government, but USA Rugby as well. So um, that's canceled. Also, some some good news though, some some exciting news, I guess, is that the 
Dallas Jackals are the newest MLR team that will play in 2021. Uh, they, uh, their Twitter account and stuff popped up yesterday. I like the name. I like the logo. I like the colors. Jackals like a, when you steal the ball out of the out of a ruck. So that's a, that's kind of a cool play on words. Um, I, th I think it looks good. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that. So I think that uh, MLR is supposed to make an announcement today. I'm recording this on a Friday. It's at June 5th. So I think MLR is supposed to announce today um, what's going on with that team. So that'll be interesting to read about. Keep your eye on. Um, next little bit of news that I have here is just a reminder that the MLR Collegiate Draft will be taking place on June 13th. So that's a week from Sunday. Is that right? No, a week from tomorrow. Yeah, next Saturday, the MLR Collegiate Draft will be taking place. I haven't, I don't think they've announced where or how it will be broadcast yet, but it sounds like it will be broadcast. Um, so I'll keep my eyes peeled for that information, and I'll be sure to uh, tell you guys about it when I see it. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see how that's going to work. I, I would assume it'll just be like a, a Zoom thing, kind of like how the NFL did it. But I think that will be that'll be cool. It'll be a new a new thing that hasn't ever happened before. There's never been a collegiate rugby draft because there's been really no pro rugby league. So. Um, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on all that. And then ultimately, we'll see how this draft works. I know we had Blake Rogers on a few months ago before quarantine. He talked a little bit about um, the draft and why he thought it wouldn't work, just because it's not really in line with how rugby leagues are run overseas. Um, but it'll be, it'll be something to keep an eye on, and it's something new. you gotta, you got to take risks in this life. Um, so last little bit of news I have is that Super Rugby returns on June 13th as well. So June 13th will be a big day for rugby across the world, I guess, with the with the collegiate draft, Super Rugby returning as well. Um, I know I've had people reach out on Twitter to both me and uh, Ryan Koenigsberg, the Broncos, DNVR Broncos account, um, that NRL, excuse me, NRL has been happening, but that's Rugby League, so it's a little bit different of a code. Um, but... I mean, I like I mean, I like watching rugby league. I like Union more, obviously. Um, but if you if you're looking to get back into some Union, make sure you tune in to watch some Super Rugby on June 13th. Uh, it would be all be broadcast on ESPN Plus, which is nice because uh, you don't have to stay up all night to watch it. Like some of this Korean baseball that people have been getting up at two, three in the morning to watch. Um, I like to just get my regular sleep. Then I wake up in the morning, eat breakfast go to ESPN Plus, put on the Super Rugby match from the night before, um, watch whatever happened overnight. That way I can skip halftime and stuff too, so it goes a little bit quicker. Um, I think that's like the best way to start Saturday or Sunday morning. So I would encourage if you're looking, if you're itching to watch some rugby, um, the Super Rugby, the New Zealand version of Super Rugby will return on June 13th. So uh, if you guys would like, I can push that stuff out from the DNVR Raptors account because um, I know we're all itching for live sports and finally sounds like stuff's coming back here in, in the States. Um, but we'll watch Super Rugby. I, I'm sure I'm going to check right now, see if we can bet on it, because that would be kind of fun. So um, I guess with that, we will go ahead and jump into my conversation with Casey Rock. Casey is the most capped Raptor of all time. He, it's pretty cool to listen to his story, how he started playing rugby, and especially how he started playing for Raptors. 
he talks about in the interview, but he, he joined the club by answering a classified ad in the Rocky Mountain News, which is just a throwback sentence in itself. Um, imagine answering an ad in the newspaper to do anything. I can't. Um, but it's it fun talking to Casey, hearing him. He's got a unique rugby experience. He's another one of these guys that's played um, PRP, played in the pro rugby organization, then he played in MOR. So he's got a good uh, perspective of the, the top level of men's rugby in the kind of the American landscape. And um, I, I enjoy talking to him. I hope you guys enjoy listening to the conversation. So with that, we'll go ahead and kick it to my conversation with the most capped Raptor of all time, Casey Rock. All right, now welcome on to the show, the most capped Raptor of all time, Casey Rock. Casey, how are you doing? I'm great, Colton. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm pumped to talk to you. This is something I've wanted to talk to you about uh, for a while. Just I'm glad that the opportunity has finally arisen. So I guess we'll just start off with the basic stuff. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? Yeah, I grew up in Denver, about 15 minutes north of Infinity Park um, in Park Hill, sort of near City Park. Yeah. And uh, I went to East High School, which is where I started playing rugby. Okay, cool. Oh, did you play any other sports before you started to play rugby, or was have you? I mean, yeah, I was. I was like any other kid. I played. I played. You know, um, I grew up playing soccer. Played like basketball and baseball and the, the whole thing. Um, soccer was really my main sport, though. I, I played soccer growing up and captained the East High team and went to Metro on a soccer scholarship because um, my senior year of high school when I started playing rugby, I dislocated my shoulder. So I took a year off and went and played soccer for a year at Metro uh -huh. and then um, went back and played rugby after a year when I was all healed up. All right, Casey, before we continue, I want to ask, I got to, I got to ask you how tall you are. I feel like I'm sure you've been asked this a million times in your life, but I just need the listeners to know. <laughs> I'm six, nine. Jeez. Yeah. I, uh, I was, I was six, eight when I was 16. So I was very tall, oh my skinny, goodness very tall skinny person um <laughs> and and topped out at six nine yeah so how, how did you get into rugby then i was playing soccer at east and uh I, a bunch of my friends played rugby and wanted me to go out but i pictured myself as a pretty serious soccer player mm. and so i'd always like sort of entertained the idea but never really took the chance because i was playing club soccer and didn't want to get hurt or um, anything like that. And then after one of our East soccer games, uh, Bill Bear, the East High rugby coach, found me and pulled me aside and was complimenting me on the game that I had and basically told me, you know, you're you're a pretty good soccer player, but you'll never, ever be good enough to play for the national team. But if you started playing rugby now, you you look like you might be somebody who could possibly play for the USA rugby team someday. Yeah. And I was pretty flattered by that. And so uh, the we play soccer in the fall so that following spring um i went out for rugby and loved it and stuck with it yeah oh that's that's interesting did did you when you played when you were playing rugby did it kind of feel like you were playing soccer no I, it was it was very different in all the right ways interesting because um, i always felt yeah. kind of like when when i played rugby it was more like playing soccer rather than playing football like it felt more like I, soccer than football to me you know at east our our team was probably two thirds soccer players and a third football players. And I think part of that had to do with the fact that it's easy to teach a soccer player rugby skills because they're already fit enough to run around for 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, and with football players who are having to 
to learn a new game and adjust to the physical demands of playing for so long and you know for longer stretches of time with a different sort of kind of fitness um soccer players at east anyway i don't want to make it too broad of a generalization but <laughs> soccer players seem to transition pretty well yeah i would agree with that uh so can so you say you play a year at metro is that right or did you play all four years at metro soccer no just one year um it was one of those things when I started playing rugby at East, I realized a couple practices in that I was probably already better at rugby than I was at soccer. Uh -huh. And it had taken me about a week of rugby and 15 years of soccer and that my talents were probably, you know, probably more in line with that. So yeah. like I said, I injured my shoulder um, playing for East. And so I was unable to play rugby at the time and uh, Metro soccer coach saw me playing at a tournament and offered me a scholarship. So I figured, you know, go, to college for a little bit and play some college soccer and then um i hated playing college soccer it was miserable uh and so it made it really easy to quit and go back to rugby when um, glendale was all starting up yeah so that, that leads into my next question can you tell me about um the early days of the raptors because being the most cap player you've been there since the beginning um so just like how did you find out about the raptors and, and how did that all get started yeah, so um, I don't. I'm not technically like the earliest ever Raptor. There are a few guys that Mark Bullock knew, like uh, Josh Schmitz and oh, Pat yeah. Doyle and Mike Taffel, who uh, who were part of like the initial talks. Yeah. I after I quit the college soccer team because it wasn't very fun. I was sort of I went out and uh, practiced with the Denver Barbarians a few times and didn't really love it. And uh, I was sort of sitting around living at home. Um, with no soccer and no rugby moping. And my mom saw an ad in the Rocky mountain news uh, for Denver's newest rugby team, wow. um, blah, blah, blah. So I answered the newspaper ad to go to the first ever open tryouts and, uh, and have been playing there ever since. I, I, that's a, that's such a crazy, like even that sentence just sounds so crazy to say. I've none of that. <laughs> just, know, Rocky mountain news. It's, newspaper. Honestly, it's like, <laughs> Oh, I uh, got on my dial up internet and I've got, <laughs> My map quested directions to the nearest blockbuster and yeah. got a copy of the Rocky Mountain News and answered a classified ad for the rugby team. Yeah, what a story. I, I, I know Josh Schmitz a little bit. I'll have to ask Josh Schmitz about, about that as well. I think that would be pretty interesting. Um, yeah, he was, he's a real character. He's a, he's a great guy, and he's got lots of good stories about those, those early days. Yeah, so that might be the next person I, I hunt down for this. You um did you go to Wheat Ridge? I did, yes, because I remember. Yeah, so you so you're friends with his like brothers and stuff. Yeah, uh, Jordan was yeah three years older than me. He was a senior when I was a freshman. But uh, my friend Josh Brake, he played center when we were at Glendale. Um, he his he married Josh Schmitz's sister Kayla, so it's all small world intertwined. Yes, because you student taught at Wheat Ridge, didn't you? I did. Did yes. I teach you? No, I think you, I think you, I just saw you in the hall one day. Oh. Were you in the basement? <laughs> yeah, I was in the basement. Yeah, I remember. You, it's pretty easy to pick you out of a lineup, too, of a bunch of high school kids also. He can... That's true. I, I teach sixth grade <laughs> now, and uh, I stand out amongst 11-year-olds pretty yeah. bad. <laughs> I bet. I bet they uh, don't. Do they talk uh, back to you quite a bit or no? Uh, no, they're all, they're all nice. We, yeah. you know, we all have our moments, but... yeah. Yes, for sure. So what, what was the, the first, what was that open tryout like? Where was it? Um, what did it look like? How many people came out? Um, so it was, uh, it was at Mere Park in Glendale. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you know where that is. It's sort of like behind the Goodwill. Yeah. And 
I mean, this was in 2006, so that was a very, very long time ago. But uh, it was small. I remember like 15 or 20 people um, and meeting Mark Bullock and the coach at the time, Jeff Old, who was a former All Black. Oh, wow. um, and they uh, you know, were talking up the new stadium that they are going to build and all that stuff, and <laughs> it was pretty exciting. Yeah, I bet. Um, so I, I guess I'll, I'll just skip forward a little bit. What, how far has – American rugby come since you started playing? Like, can you even put it into words, really? Um, I, I mean, it's it's really hard to describe. When I started out, I, I think guys who are my age sort of bridged the gap between two generations of American rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, the sort of old school men's club rugby to the very professional like even club rugby now is pretty professional um, compared just in terms of like guys taking care of their bodies and paying attention to nutrition and Mm -hmm. working out and being fit and stuff. And so when you're bigger and faster and stronger and fitter, the rugby just gets better, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, almost, almost by proxy, even if you aren't working on it. So um, that's the thing when I watch, when I watch the games now, um, even like the, the Merlins, like the D2 guys uh, or D1 rather um, just the, the the quality of those basic things like basic skills fitness uh and overall physicality really make the game look different than when i started out i think yeah for sure that's interesting i've never i've never really heard that anybody say that before being like the transition between um the old generation and the new one so that's that's interesting that you say that um so i guess kind of in that sense uh, you have a pretty unique rugby experience just because you, like we've talked about already, you've been through so many different parts of it, whether that be like playing the PRP or pro or um, did you play Super League as well? Um, no. So we we first started out, we sort of bounced around like we played our first season. We was like an exhibition season. We played teams in division three, division two, division one, and sort of see where we stood. Yeah. And then we played, uh, USA rugby, like men's division one for a while. And then, uh, I played in the elite cup, which was like the super league, but renamed as I understand it, I was just a little bit too young for the super league. All right. And then, and then PRP and then pro rugby and then major league rugby. Yeah, so that's like that's like seriously <laughs> the changing of the whole like top leagues. I feel like so. I guess yeah. um, I want to talk about a little bit about pro. Uh, like we're kind of saying a lot. I've asked a few people about pro, and people are kind of hesitant to talk about it for um, fair reasons. I would say, but I guess do you have? Is there some memorable experiences that you have about pro, um, good or bad? That I mean, it was a it was a from what I've heard just so far. I wasn't obviously involved with it very much. I was around a little, but a lot of people talk about how pro kind of paved the way for MLR as kind of like an experimental thing that MLR could learn from. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people got burned in it. But is there any memorable experiences that came out of the pro season? Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, especially uh, with the benefit of hindsight, mm-hmm. I really loved the pro rugby. Uh, as a part-time player, um, you know, like I know there was like problems with guys not getting paid and had to chase down paychecks and stuff. Yeah. And as a part-time player, that didn't affect me as, as uh, negatively. Um, so I didn't have that like over me. Um, and 
I don't know how experimental it was. I think that there's like a really big learning curve and they did some things poorly and uh, yeah. I don't really know enough of the details probably to comment too much. Yeah. Um, but I think that in terms of like the rugby, the rugby was good. Mm-hmm. And um, the, you know, especially the, with the stampede, like I love playing with those guys. Yeah. And in terms of it paving the way for MLR, there's no question about that. I think that, um, we learned a lot about just like how to stage a league and how to manage teams and for players, like what it took to be a professional day in and day out and the ups and downs that come with that. So when MLR came around, which seemed to be just a little bit better organized and with a better foundation, yeah. uh, the, the rugby was ready to follow suit. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, cool. So I guess we're kind of moving to the, the next question I had was just, can you, what was that 2018 season like with the Raptors obviously made it to the final? Um, what, just, what was that season like as a whole? Oh, so much fun. Um, I mean, the really fun thing about both the stampede and, uh, the Raptors and the R was getting to play with like all the Denver barbarians guys and some of the guys that we played against over the years. And, yeah. um, you know, just, and winning, I mean, whenever you're winning, life is good, right? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're, you know, it's fun to, fun to train, fun to travel, uh, you know, fun to be on tour and um, especially when things are going as well as they did that first year, it was amazing. And I think, you know, maybe, maybe the general rugby public, but especially players were just so hungry to like be professional rugby players right. um, and, and do that and be, and be about that life so it was it was just fun to you know be doing it and be doing it well yeah for sure it was fun to watch um that's what kind of i want to through the month of june i kind of want to track down some of the 2018 guys and ask them a little bit about that so i'm glad to you're the first one on for that one so (laughs) sure that's uh it's a really awesome group of dudes you'll get some good interviews out of them yeah i'm looking forward to it um so how how hard was it for you to retire when the time came, Casey? Because um, if I remember correctly, didn't you do your knee in a couple times? Yeah. So before pro rugby started in 2014, I did my I did my whole left knee, ACL, MCL, yeah. patellar tendon, like whole deal. Um, and was I, I thought I, I I tended to retire then, um, and so I thought I was done, and I was pretty sour about it because I thought I had a lot of good rugby left in me and it was really the, like the one thing that I did then. So it was tough to quit then mm-hmm. when I came back and played a few good years. Um, and when I retired this time, you know, I'm 33 now mm-hmm. and I just like I sprained my neck and I had a broken rib and uh. <laughs> uh, it was just, it was just hard to compete. And, um, started losing game time because guys were playing really well. So even when I came back from those injuries, it's just hard to to mess with a successful lineup, I think. Um, right. And so I just wasn't getting the time that I envisioned for myself because of all that, which, you know, is fair. That's sports. Um, but I'd also told myself when I came back from my knee that I didn't plan on being like a 35-year-old guy scrapping for yeah. minutes on the bench. <laughs> um, that wasn't really the the vision I had for my future. So, you know, I was – always kind of beat up and couldn't quite get right and uh, didn't have the minutes that I was feeling really excited about and decided that look, taking a step back and looking at it, the time probably had come to just take better care of my body and um, 
and just focus more on other parts of my life. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a good, and you get to go out on your own terms. So that's yeah. So I felt much, much, you know, and it's always like sad, right? And especially now that like my body feels good again, and it's been a while since I've seen the boys. It's like, oh, that'd be really fun to go do that, but um, (laughs) not nearly enough to really make that seem like a legitimate thing. (laughs) Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, cool. So I guess one of the, the last few things I want to ask you is if there's a couple moments that, that stick out from your whole rugby career. Um, and this is something that I try to ask everybody. And um, I really like this question because the answers are super different. Like so a lot of people talk about um, like a high school game that they played in or um, like I just talked to Jamie Burke last week and she was talking about her 50th cap on the, on the Eagles, that that one was the big one that stuck out to me. But is there one? Uh, one or two that, that stick out to you that come to the top of your head? Sorry, my phone was cutting out. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. No worries. <laughs> yeah, um, so in terms of, um, like, the special moments, I mean, like, because rugby really defined um, my life. It helped me travel, helped me meet friends, helped me see the world, and um, gave me something that I was good at and enjoyed and loved a lot. And so I think often about the conversation with Bill Bear after my soccer game, Mm-hmm. encouraged me to come out and try it and um, what a big effect that has had not just on athletics for me but like you know for my whole life but for just pure rugby I mean the year that we won the PRP and the pro rugby title with uh, the Raptors and the Stampede like within a matter of weeks from each other was pretty fun oh yeah I and uh, yeah and I mean like some of the things that were like annoying about pro rugby are really great now like some of the you know funny changing room situations and <laughs> just sort of like my like i think like minor league baseball like bull durham type stuff where yeah, just like sure. at the time at the time didn't make us feel very good about what we were doing but in hindsight is sort of fun and awesome especially since we got mlr afterwards and it was a little bit more like on the up and up <laughs> yeah that's funny um i like that uh, so I know you mentioned you're teaching now, but what else are you up to now that now that you're done playing rugby? How do you spend your weekends? Um, well, this year, up until all the COVID stuff um, put it to an end, I was coaching at East High School. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, sort of helping out with the forwards at all levels, but technically I think uh, my title was uh, B-side forwards coach. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so still helping out with that and intend to keep doing it. So. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, Casey, for your time. I really appreciate it. I thought uh, this was a good time for conversation. Yeah, nice to hear from you. It's been ages. And yes. uh, glad that you're back um, with Glendale and helping out with all that stuff. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thank you so much, Casey. Have a good one. Yep, take it easy. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with uh, Casey Rock. I really enjoyed talking to him. Um I think, like we Casey and I talked about a little bit in the interview, I want to go back and hunt down some of these like OG original Raptors that, that really helped get the club off the ground. I think that will make for some interesting conversations. It will be fun to see what they're doing now, now that they're not playing rugby anymore. So um, I'm really trying to focus back on, on kind of the history while everything's in limbo a little bit, and um, hopefully some good stuff comes out of it. So I'll keep trying my best to track these guys down. I just checked on my on my sports book app. I'm using DraftKings. I'm pretty sure that the DNVR Broncos guys have a draft, or maybe DNVR bets guys have a DraftKings promo code. So if you haven't jumped on yet, make sure you do that. 
Um, and I see rugby leagues on there, so I'm sure that Super Rugby will be on there when the time comes, uh, a week from tomorrow. So uh, that'll be fun to keep an eye on. And, you know, maybe we have to jump on DNVR bets and, and talk a little bit about some Super Rugby. So um, I guess with that, the last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is I wanted to remind you that we've officially reached the end of my list of the top 10 Raptors matches of all time, and we'll be watching the number one match on Sunday at 11 a.m. I'll tweet out instructions to watch the match on Saturday, Sunday morning, so make sure you keep it locked on Twitter at DNVR underscore Raptors at Colton Strickler. Um, it's been really fun to do these. It's been fun to take a look back in the time machine and uh, watch some of these matches that I really have only watched once, and I probably watched it live. And you know if you've ever been to a live sporting event at all how much you miss uh, when you're actually at the game rather than when you watch it on TV. So it has been fun to take a look back at some of these games that happened two years ago and um, games that I haven't really watched since I watched it live. And uh, so it's been fun doing that. It's been fun to talk to some old players. I know last week um, Sam Fig got joined in the conversation, thanks to Dan Power for hoop, looping him in. And uh, it was fun to talk to him very briefly and try to get him on the show. He's a guy that played for the Raptors in 2018. Um, it's been fun. Yeah, it's just been fun to do it. It's been fun to look back. It's always fun to reminisce, and especially about a season that was as good for the Raptors as 2018 was. So... Um, it's been fun to do those. Thanks for everyone that's been participating, tuning in. It seems like we have got a few new rugby fans out of this, which is the ultimate goal. And I will, you know, I'll keep doing these uh, podcasts and writing these articles, but this last Sunday will be the last DNVR watches for the Raptors matches and for quite a while. Um, I need to take a little bit of a break and uh, just kind of readjust so um, I'll keep you guys updated on what we decide to do with, uh, with the DMVR watches and moving forward, but this will be the last one for at least a couple weeks. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll keep doing these podcasts, keep writing this stuff. Um, so make sure you stick with me because we will have an important announcement regarding the future of the DNVR Raptors brand here in the next couple weeks, something I'm really excited about um, and something that will really, I think, will help more people get into rugby as a whole. So... I guess with that, that's my show. Thank you to everyone for listening. Make sure you be nice to each other. I'll catch you back here next week.